Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrewer, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Chris Ragg and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights, and this week we're discussing when is it okay to intervene? Chris, go for it. When is it? When is it okay to intervene? Uh, well, that's that's obviously the question we're we're answering. But this is sort of um, this particular question has been brought about by well a, a number of stories in the newspaper. But the one that um, that raised the question in my mind uh, was to do with the recent BBC um, documentary, uh, wildlife documentary called uh, Dynasties, mm-hmm. um, which is about uh, effectively following families of animals in in adverse conditions. Uh, and this week's episode um, featured a colony of emperor penguins. Uh, and the emperor penguins, um, along with their young, uh, sort of, um, there was a storm and they were blown into a gully. Uh, and they couldn't, uh, this was being filmed, obviously, by the BBC Wildlife crew, and um, they couldn't get out of the gully because of the steep sides, and it would have meant their their certain their certain death. I think it was an added element as well, which is, had the these mother... Yeah, these were mother penguins by this That's point. right, yeah. Had they just been on their own, they'd have been probably able to claw their way out, but it was even more mm. difficult because they had a chick sort of That's right. um, buried in the Yes, yeah, which okay. they didn't obviously want to leave down there. Um, and uh, so the decision was taken by the production crew to assist uh, the um, exfiltration of the penguins from the, from the gully. And so they dug a ramp and then sort of, basically built some some steps up for them out of this gully but they didn't they didn't kind of crane them out but they did uh assist and so um you know it's it's uh sort of created a bit of a discussion i mean d- generally everybody universally said well yes of course save the baby penguins uh but in my mind it created this this question of uh was it was it right to to intervene and if in that circumstance why not on all of the other occasions there've been harrowing wildlife incidents like um like the baby elephant dying of starvation a few years ago and in fact the the week before uh there was a chimpanzee that had got a, a right kicking from another bunch of chimpanzees and was lying there you know in in all sorts of trouble and they didn't provide medical assistance so what when is it when is it right to intervene and what what might be the consequences of those interventions? You know, how do we know what the consequences of those interventions are going to be? There's and there's just another story only this week on a similar topic, um, it, less less important than penguins because it involves a Christian missionary. But uh, <laughs> uh, the chap John Chow, who decided to go to North Sentinel, where there's one of the very few uh, uncontacted tribes, the North Sentinelese uh, people in, in the Andaman Islands. And um, and attempting to convert them to Christianity, and in doing so, uh, got murdered by them. Martyrdom. Um, that's what he was after. Exactly. Surely. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, th- these. I mean, th- they're an interesting bunch. These uh, North Sentinelese. They they were in the news after the um, after the tsunami because there was a lot of concern about whether or not they uh, they had survived. But it turned out they had. Uh, I th- I believe they don't have technology to make fire, so I think they have a certain number of fires which they carry round. Uh, and keep burning all the time um so uh 
yeah the, the 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 question is you know what what are we so we're we're we've made a decision collectively as the world to leave them in there as a kind of zoo almost to say well that we're not going to intervene with them at all they obviously don't like being contacted they they do they attack anyone who comes near them um so the question is is that right i mean you know if they're if we see them in trouble or uh you know requiring medical assistance or any of those things should we intervene it's like the penguins again so anyway there you go two things in the news only this week which both pose the same question okay um so although there was not dis- obviously comparing uncontacted people to um birds but you know um we sort of are well it's exactly what we're doing yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so yeah just return to these uh penguins um were the voices of dis you said there was a consensus that okay no it's good to save some penguins um what were the dissent dissenting voices saying well mainly it was it it was me because um oh. <laughs> uh because you know it was universally sort of praised but in the past uh you know there has been um criticism for not intervention so generally the people watching these things are animal lovers and the abstract uh, uh, implications of intervening, or the long-term implications of intervening, aren't really um, aren't really forefront in their mind. So it was, it was mainly uh, my sort of thoughts, and I imagine you know um, a a small minority uh, of people. But um, I, my concern is that. Um, you know things like so one of the penguins had shown uh, an ability to get out when the others hadn't uh and they'd made it to the to the surface and you know my sort of issue is well obviously longer term by intervening in something like that those that set of penguins would have been would have been wiped out uh and you know have we got have we started playing god at this point are we intervening we're in, basically in... making the penguin tribe as a whole more stupid more stupid more likely are. to fall into gullies they're, exactly they're going to get dependent on humans to build steps for them wherever they want to go yeah i um, mean well they're going to become and, and, a bunch of spoiled yeah, you know decadent millennial penguins, penguins. <laughs> lounging around expecting other people to make you know do everything for them yeah and now obviously right that uh put in those extreme terms uh, you know that that might seem a bit ridiculous, but the point is, uh, if if that becomes a a rule, if there becomes pr- pressure to intervene more regularly, then that of course does become the case, and and, and we uh, either we either weaken their um, their the genetic people. strength by helping weak animals, or we adapt their behaviour in some way that they are no longer scared of humans they run you know they 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 waddle towards humans whenever they see them yeah, which yeah, probably yeah. isn't the best thing for them to do so it's that it's that unintended consequences mm. uh um you know well well, well meaning there's no there's no difference really in my mind to somebody who's been heavily criticized the the US missionary for getting in, in contact to improve the lives of these people by by exposing them to christian theology uh and the well-meaning um production crew who've got in there and, and scooped some penguins out well there, there might there might be a difference but i think it might be one of uh of uh, you know looking at the facts of what the likely impact of intervention is here but actually <clears throat> looking at this question it turns out there's lots of quite fundamental philosophical issues going on here. Quite a few uh, really interesting, intractable, um, you know, dimensions, really, that we need to consider. Um, 
I mean, I think before we think about, before we get into the sort of philosophical aspects of it, it might be worth just thinking about what the impact of um, intervention would be. So Chris has touched on some of the penguin-related ones. Yeah. Uh, I mean, contact with um, uh, uncontacted people has in the past been pretty uh, devastating for them, mainly because of disease. Um, that in... in um, in Peru, I think in the in the 80s, there was some, uh, you know, oil exploration, uh, which which involved contact between, uh, you know, Westerners and and these uh, people and, and about 50 percent of them died, I think, um, from chickenpox or uh, or something. And I, and I think, you know, from uh, it, contemporary accounts of when the con- conquistadors arrived in Spain suggest that something like, you know, it's sort of of the order of 50 percent. It, it's that sort of level yeah. of people of the Millions of the natives of died yeah. um, of smallpox and things, which we because of the nature of us being all connected to everyone else in the world we we just have immunity to either genetic or you know in our case often you know medical medical medically um uh, imposed immunity from um you know from uh vaccination vaccinations and yeah. so on um so the so, but then we, so that's the short term consequences generally bad when it comes to you know, contacting um people who haven't haven't been contacted Longer term, it's a bit harder, but I think, I mean, I'd have to say on balance that the longer term impact on people is positive. So that in other words, if you if you get rid of that sort of short term, you've got the, um, uh, you know, you have, you people die. There's also obviously uh, sort of cultural, um, cultural problems. Yeah, yeah, the disruption of people, which people don't like. People don't like having to change their way of life. Uh, it's such a significant change, obviously, um, you know, coming into contact with Western technology. Um, that that can often have that's just a very totally disruptive, you know, completely irreversible disruptive impact on on the way of life of these people uh, to connect them up to the to the global world. But um, but you know, longer term, uh, I think I think we'd have to conclude that you know all of the sort of medical benefits and the economic benefits um, probably make them happier. And I and I, it's not a, it's not a kind of total guess. I mean, if you look at things like the World Happiness Report, um, twenty eighteen. I, I mean, so if we're asking the question, something like, okay, so would let's take the case of like African Americans, you know, who obviously as slaves, um, forcibly uh, taken to the West. Now, would would that would African Americans be happier if they were today living somewhere in sub-Saharan Africa? Well, the average happiness, subjective happiness of of average um, African Americans is higher than the average uh, happiness of people in sub-Saharan Africa. So you could say, well, maybe you know, maybe like. The descendants of those slaves, the slaves obviously are terrible, but the descendants of those slaves are better off. And I think it's a similar situation we've got here, where we might be making a trade-off between, well, yes, okay, a hundred, a hundred of these two hundred people will die of a disease, but there might in ten, in you know, fifty years' time, be three hundred of them who wouldn't otherwise have, have lived. And they'd all be much happier, mm. you know. Uh, so, so I think there's that. Yeah. There's, but I mean, that's the consequences. So, I, so I think what we're talking about is a trade-off between that short-term negative impact um, and the longer-term positive impact. And the, interestingly, with the with the penguins, I think Chris was saying it's it's sort of similar, but the other way around. So we have a short-term positive impact of helping the penguins, um, but a possibly a longer-term negative impact. So, so I think they're they're almost uh, the reverse of each other, but they pose the same sorts of questions. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think the the indigenous people one is is an is an interesting one because if you if you look at the west's interaction so if you look at north america in particular uh and uh native americans or first first nations people in in canada 
I mean, their population wasn't decimated. It was far more than, than decimated. And if you mm. look at their stake within the, the society now, um, you know, I think, so, uh, you know, in some cases, I think it was the, the Massachusetts Bay Indians, you know, it was 90% of, of the population died from, from smallpox. And obviously their land was taken from them and any political stake in, in the nation. If you look at Aboriginals in, uh, in Australia, again, a, a, a situation of um, disenfranchisement. So, so yes, there's this issue of uh, they gain immunity and they gain benefits of, of uh, Western society. But if you asked, um, certainly if, if you ask, you know, uh, the, some of those peoples at, at the moment, what would they prefer? They're, whether it's true or not, you know, or whether they have um, concluded correctly or not, their preference would be to not be in the set of circumstances. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I'm certainly not saying it's a given. Yeah. It's not a given that, that, you know, people will be better off in the future. And I think the case of the um, Australian uh, Aborigines, um, you know, proves that. I mean, they seem to have all kinds of social problems. Um, You know, that clearly seemed to be a result of, of, uh, you know, that they're being kind of integrated into Western society or or failing failing to integrate because they're, culture doesn't fit very well you know and um yeah what we're talking about here actually makes me think of something else and let's see if you might want to go in this direction or not it's completely off off topic or is it i don't know right let's let's but if you want to bring us back to intervention fine just let me know so also when i was watching uh the program as is pretty much always the case in which program sorry the uh the the penguin program oh okay you were watching that yeah um yeah just by coincidence i was watching it yesterday actually um but at the end, they talk about climate change. Yeah. Okay. As is and is always the case in, in, in that sort of program, it's either climate change or uh, destruction of habitat, usually. And plastic. And, Don't and forget plastic. plastic. Because the most dangerous new... animal on Earth, yeah. as we well, all there know, we go. There we yeah. go. Is, is the hamster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so as I was watching it, I mean, I think one of the problems with climate change is the... Um, is is we we don't necessarily see the we're, we're not necessarily going to see the devastating impact in our lives or, or maybe maybe not it may be our children's lives and and so do do we care about our children's lives uh, absolutely and after we're all dead and buried uh, or burnt um you know we we still want our children to have a, a good life and, and and is it the same for our grandchildren yes it probably is if we get to meet our grandchildren okay but the problem is, let's say, you know, hundred. How much do we care about yeah. our great grandchildren? This is, this is this is one of the key dimensions that we need to worry about. Yeah. So this is, remember, we did so, a. Let me, sorry, let, yeah, did, yeah. Did we do this or not? No, we didn't. What we do, but we did do one. We we have done one on on Derek Parfit. I was going to mention in this context because okay. he's these, a lot of these are the kinds of things. Remind me his thing. His it, well, he uh, thought a lot about um, sort of utility and the extent to which we should try to improve um you know our utility and whether we should value people who don't exist and you know okay. whether what what's the target so i mean if the target is um you know sh- should is it better to have a person who's sort of net positive happiness yeah or for that person not to exist okay fine which is a which is yeah, a key question in. to this yeah, yeah. yeah so and as i was watching this i mean i doubt i will probably care about my great-grandchildren very much um, you scumbag. Yeah, and so and so it makes it different. And so I think that's one of the issues that one of the problems people have with long term problems like climate change, like oh, future generations, and we sort of get sad about it for five minutes, and you know, buy different packaging at, uh, at Tesco's or whatever. But that's kind of it. I mean, maybe I'm wrong on that. But so anyway, if you're, let's say you're a um, 
uh, go back to your example of, of Africans being taken for slavery, if you said to that person, hey, look, you're going to have a really bad life mm. in chains and horribly mutilation, horrible mutilations, et cetera, et cetera. But your great, 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 great grandchildren, they're going to be super happy. You know, isn't that wonderful? I think they'd probably say, no, just keep, just, just take, just leave I'll me alone. I'll stay here, thanks. Yeah. But if you said it, but your next generation, your child will be have a great life. They would go, well, maybe, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, mean I think. Yeah. So, so I, I think one of the key issues there is about um, is is the intervention the right intervention, right? Because if you're talking about improving the quality of people now in the developing world, right, and giving them access to the the um, amenities that we have here in Western Europe uh, and, you know, the educational system and all of those kinds of things, then they, are, then you know, without being um, a, a sort of um, patriarchal about it, you know, in, in on their terms introducing benefits that they're happy to receive, great. Forcibly abducting people, chaining them up, taking them across the Atlantic and working them to death in order to, at some point, give them a slightly less privileged position than the rest of that society, that's not, that's, you know, that's not the... What well, you're saying is right slavery is bad. Yeah, yeah. There, <laughs> no. there could have okay. been, been a better oh, way of, a bit of, of a achieving those, of those benefits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, nobody's suggesting agree. that we took people, we took slaves to uh, the New World in order to make their children happier. That's, well, do just, you know what, the, though? There were people at the time who were arguing that... You know, slavery was tied up with missionary work and improve. You know, yeah. improving. Yeah, I mean, the I mean, there's no people. doubt so, that this is this is something that John Stuart Mill looked at in On Liberty. Is this question of what do you do about? Well, I, I think you have to be paternalistic here. We certainly have to be paternalistic when it comes to people like the the Andaman Islanders because um, they're not in a position to make the choice. We are. You know, they don't know anything about modern technology, so they're not in a position to sit down and say, "Well, do we want antibiotics? You know, do we want to go and work in an office and end up with big houses and you know have less chance of dying?" They just cannot make that decision. And the point is that by the time we give them that information, it's too late. It's too late to decide not to contact them so we have to be paternalistic about this and uh and and that and i think this is one of the big um questions is is you know whether or not uh you are allowed to make decisions on other people's behalf like this and this is one of the issues with intervention you know um so if you t- i think um lincoln uh said something along these lines as well about you know the analogy of a sheep in a pen of uh, you know that we the sheep the sheep is probably happier because we put it in a pen but it doesn't necessarily know. It doesn't necessarily know that it's safer, you know, the, to be in a pen. But we we we're looking after the sheep on its behalf. Now the question is, you know, should we should we do that with humans, uh, with other humans, or should we respect their, you know, sh- should we respect their autonomy, or should we be paternalistic? And I I, I don't think I think you have to trade them off. I yeah. mean, I think we we're paternalistic a lot, um, you know, in in terms of the 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 policies we we have uh in in the uk i mean things like even things like um you know forcing people to put seatbelts on mm. is is a form of paternalism because we um you know because we think people are stupid and won't mm. make the right what is clearly and, the right decision and i think i think the issue is that um this is uh the problem is we don't know the consequences of our of our action these are pretty complex systems so at the time with the level of knowledge that uh europeans had they 
they pro well, many of them thought they were doing the right thing by contact. You know, look at James Cook uh, and, you know, um, uh, turning up in, in Australia and the, the Hawaiian Islands and so on. Uh, engaging with these people was seen as being uh, of benefit to them. Yeah. They didn't realise at the time they didn't have the knowledge about the introduction of disease and, uh, you know, those they, they you know, couldn't see accurately into the future. Um, and the, the question is, you know, it's, it's, it's like at the heart of the Hippocratic Oath is this notion of, you know, first do no harm. And we don't know whether we're going to be doing harm or not. So we have a tendency to leave things alone. So, so you know, um, I, I think this, this people see it often as right. As a kind of version of the, of the trolley car problem, you know, either, either I intervene and save, um, you know, uh, lots of lives or I leave it alone and, you know, uh, other other lives are lost. Uh, but actually, it's like a trolley car problem where you can't, it, it, it's it's clearly not a set of rails where the outcome is, is clearly determined. And, and where some of the key factors such as autonomy and cultural stability are things that we don't really know how to value. You know, so we don't, we don't really know how, I, I mean, <clears throat> so one interesting thing I found from reading the uh, World Happiness Report is that um, I I immigrants generally, so migrants, uh, t tend to adapt to the happiness of the place they go, right? So you might think, well, um, you know, something to do with being British, growing up British, uh, being immersed in British culture um, is uh, it, it sort of inspires us to answer a certain way on surveys about happiness and perhaps, you know, people living in... Um, living in somalia well they're, they're they're just as happy doing things their way but that somehow because of a con job we've convinced them that they'd be happier in the west well the fact is they are happier in the west you know so migrants tend to tend to be as happy as the place they're going to uh, so i mean the thing is that that kind of suggests to me that people that cultural disruption is not that big a deal because you know people are able to go to a totally different culture and uh, enjoy you know the benefits of that culture yeah um, I, so so i i wonder we it's possible that we over we overplay the importance of not changing the culture of other countries i mean you, you look at the last 200 years culture change in 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 the west has been enormous you know the shift from 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 uh, you know agriculture to urban life um the technological changes that we've all experienced we're able to adapt pretty pretty easily and I, and i wonder if um you know putting aside the the you know the potential for disease transmission and so on whether whether actually we do put too much value on preserving the way of life of people who actually yeah. when given the choice might well say no i want to come and live in a house and not have to you know build I shelters think, yeah and i think find the, food the, the the two sort of things so obviously um uh emigrating you turn up you you've come from your culture and you represent your culture but you're then you're then one person among a culture i think that the difference is when a civilization turns up and comes into contact with another whole civilization out of no nowhere and so you've got this established culture and then one that just smashes it you know and you look at the speed at which the aztec and inca empires collapsed you know following cortez's um uh, arrival uh, and that's just staggering you know that shows the cataclysmic effect that can happen um and I, th I think the fact that, you know, a, a lot of what people talk about with these uncontacted peoples and, uh, you know, with people in, in general is this this notion of the right to self-determination. You know, mm. we, we don't necessarily know, we, you know, we, we might have a better idea of what technologies do and so on, but we don't necessarily 
know very well what the implications of introducing all of that to somebody is. Uh, so, you know, we don't have all, all the knowledge. And so generally it's sort of agreed that, well, why don't we see what they want to do? And if they don't want any contact, then they they may they may well be just as they they know what their set of values are. We we don't. So you know, are they a better? But as judge far as we they, know, we've got no reason to know whether or not they're not ruled over by some fanatical you know isolationist. Yeah, who, who insists that they well, yeah, and, and that they're all yeah, and that they're all desperate for you know for for sort of medicine and cheeseburgers. Yeah. I mean, um, if, if only, sorry, that, go, go on. on. Well, I was going to say, if only there was, as always, Star Trek has the answer. Oh, okay. We need to live amongst them for a while. Um, without secretly, surreptitiously, without yeah. spreading our diseases somehow, and prepare them for that moment of first contact of uplift, the, <laughs> the T.E. Lawrence yeah. Uh, doctrine, yeah, yeah, I mean, which so, went so well for the for the Arab people. I think of this, this world. touches on there's a couple, so an, another couple of moral dimensions. One of which actually related to the trolley problem, which comes from um, Jonathan Glover, who has written extensively about these kinds of questions in in causing death and saving lives, and. Uh, it's the the acts and omissions idea, right? So, it, which sort of says, okay, that there's a meaningful distinction between choosing to act and choosing not to act. Um, it's such that you might think there's a sort of anchor point at not acting, staying still, holding your breath, versus actively doing something. And I think he's more or less conclusively shows that that's a meaningless distinction because you can arbitrarily change the setup um, so that you know, uh, you, not acting um, is is the default or the acting is the default setting or whatever so with the trolley problem abstractly you just start the start the problem with the with the lever in a different position and now clearly you're still faced with the same choice right and it's the same with these um you know with with penguins or whatever you you could you could say well um you know what what if um what if through our action uh we could push them into a gully and they would and they would die we could choose to push them into a gully um or not right uh, obviously, we wouldn't. Reference for not acting can't doesn't really stand up. I mean, essentially, yeah. in all of these cases, we face a choice, and 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 it's you know there's there isn't really a natural not acting versus acting, but that's that's fairly straightforward. I think the other one which Chris has touched on is this is this distinction between whether we should be thinking on an act by act basis or a rule by rule basis. So. Um, uh, you, you know, the uh, sort of um, it might be the case, as Chris was saying, you know, that we had a in this particular instance, you can demonstrably show that the penguins are better, but it might still be better to have a rule which says you don't intervene because, um, you know, if we if we thought, well, actually, we ought we ought to intervene with these penguins, then, you know, I mean, the fact that we were there is neither here nor there. If we care about these penguins, we should employ people to go around rescuing them all the time. See, this is the thing, is um, maybe tying those two points together. In this instance, we had an observer who had power. Exactly. How many hundreds, thousands of times has this exact same um, situation transpired? And yet, there's no observer. There's no yeah. Like if we really gave a shit about penguins, we'd we would employ people to do that. Yeah, Yeah, we're clearly just a big bunch of hypocrites. Like people who give a pound to a homeless person because he's there, but they wouldn't go out of their way to find a homeless person to give a pound to. Mm. You know, it's not a it's not a. I mean, fine, that's what how humans behave. But it's not a, a good. It's not a sensible foundation to make genuine moral decisions about. Like all of these, you you know, we need to attack this in a structured way. I mean, interestingly, the... we we just need we need to we're very close to needing to be wrap, wrap up. So if you can 
take us to a conclusion. Well, yes. I was just going to say that the um, that the series producer uh, of the the uh, Dynasty um, series, Mike Gunton, said. Uh, you know, in response to this, he said, in 99.9% of cases, uh, it isn't right to, to intervene. That was his his sort of phrasing. And I think, well, that's that's interesting because, you know, I, I, I what, what happens if it becomes 99.5% or 98%? You know, how do you stop these kinds of interventions from sliding? Yeah, what's the basis on which you, you make that judgment? I mean, yeah, the problem with these you know intervening in nature documentaries is for some reason even though we're humans and we're, we're kind of pretty good at being predators we always side with the prey you know we we always sort of think oh no that poor gazelle we want we want the gazelle to escape but of course that's denying a meal to a leopard you know i might have got my regions of of africa muddled up there but anyway yeah and i and i you know it's uh, it's not uh, this is not um dissimilar i mean by 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 saving those penguins you're denying some bacteria a good meal you know, just because penguins are cute and bacteria aren't, we're yeah. still making a decision that some forms of life can survive a bit longer and, um, you know, and the poor old bacteria are going to starve. Okay. I think it's 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 it's, um, it's good that for once, you know, bacteria getting a call out from us there. It's yeah. nice to sort of... Yeah. yeah, save the bacteria. Yeah, save the bacteria. Okay. All right. Um, we're going we're gonna to finish there. Um, thank you, for, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Nick Hare and Chris Rag of Allop Insights. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>